Welcome to This Might Be A Podcast, the song-by-song podcast about the greatest band of all time. Not Titus Andronicus, but they're pretty good. Uh, we're going to talk about... My, na- my name is Greg Simpson, of course, and uh, I am here with... Uh, this is the second part of a crossover episode with the Giants Confirmed podcast. Dudes. Hey. Matt, <laughs> Matt Rivero and Trevor Dick Rash. <laughs> Uh, No, that was the crowd booing for me, not me booing for him. <laughs> yeah, boo. I'll sample in. I'll, I'll find some sample of a crowd booing me. And we're going to talk about Sense Around off of nothing. Well, I guess it's off of a couple things. Here we go. <laughs> the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers 1995 soundtrack off of the Japanese edition of Factory Showroom off the SEXXY EP. Hey, whose podcast is this? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> motherfucker. Uh, this is a curse, a curse-filled podcast, especially since this one was made for a kid's movie, so let's uh, curse more. So, uh, yeah, I guess, uh, okay, so you guys, uh, do you think the episode of giants confirmed about factory showroom with me as the guest is it gonna air first or i guess we could do the same day what do you think yeah, whenever trevor finishes editing it i guess yeah that puts a lot of pressure on me but we could probably do the same day trevor guy he's a trevor guy he's an editing guy he's gonna do that thing okay well okay so this can go up whenever but i was thinking uh I guess it's not too relevant to the conversation, but you all can go and hear me guest with these dudes on their podcast, Giants Confirmed, album by album podcast about the greatest band of all time. And uh, we talked about Factory Showroom, which was super awesome because I just had Brian Doherty on this podcast 
and was listening to that a lot. So it was perfect. Uh, and we talked about the whole album and we went over two hours. Yeah, you, play, you played singing saw for us. It was a really great time. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm going to play another instrument for you today. Oh, yeah. So uh, the, get ready the, for that. The slightly less uh, verbose They Might Be Giants podcast. <laughs> yeah, I made that episode very verbose. I, <laughs> I just can't shut up if you, you had to if, bring the energy if you're like here's hey here's this topic you really like talk about it for 10 minutes i'm like how about 10 hours um yeah so i mean i'm so used to talking in front of pretty much anybody i mean i've been a teacher for 15 years i've been in bands on stage for 20 uh 24 years so i don't know and i've been doing podcasts for eight years so nice. uh yeah, so I'm a shrinking violet, like like Lauren said. Hi, Lauren. Um, so let's, uh, well, I don't know. I guess if there are people that uh, haven't listened to Giants Confirmed, how about uh, when you guys tell these folks uh, what it's all about and how, you, how why you started it, et cetera? Yeah, Matt, tell the people at home. <laughs> Uh, basically Trevor wasn't that familiar with, uh, they might be giants and came to me with the concept of him, someone who hasn't really listened to the band before. And me, someone who like, it's been my favorite band for, I don't know, 15 odd years at this point. Your whole life. It's not even my whole life. Like I I came into they might be giants relatively late. I was like 14, 15 at the time. Well, that's when I got into them, but it was like dial-up internet era, so it wasn't like, "Hey, YouTube, what am I gonna like?" Here's they might be giants. Yeah. Oh, wow, cool. You, YouTube, I mean, so YouTube did exist easy. at the time, but <laughs> it's not where I got music because it's not where anyone got music. God, you're yeah. Okay, so you're like ten years younger than me, probably. Yeah. Um, I hate you, uh, Trevor. How old are you? I'm 29. I hate both of you. Um, I'm gonna be 39 in August. And yeah, so when I got into them between Apollo and John Henry, uh, it was because my friend and actually my friend's older brother, I was just talking to him because he went to the first of their two Chicago shows. He went to, uh, wait, Friday night, Friday? Yeah, Friday night and, uh, well, whenever this airs, that won't make sense, but the March one. And so he, well, he missed... 40 minutes of the set because they might be giants tend to lie on their tickets or whoever they get their tickets printed out through. It'll say like doors at eight, but then they start at eight for, so for those of us that are seasoned showgoers and don't wait outside the door for hours, we just waltz in and we're like, Oh, Hey, they're still sound checking. Wait a minute. I just missed half the set. <laughs> fucking balls. This is what happened on the I Like Fun Tour. Me and my wife were like making a big thing of it. Like it was like our uh, anniversary gift to each other to go see them in Indianapolis. And we go to like this really fancy place for dinner that's like around the corner. Indy's not that big. Everything's around the corner from each other. So we go to this place. We're like just like, oh, we got plenty of buffer. We're walking over. We got plenty of time. We're like taking a picture in front of the marquee and we hear Anna Ng and we're like, wait, is there an opening band covering They Might Be Giants? That's a pretty bold move. Wait a second. That's them. Are they sound checking? No, we missed four songs. Oh, Fucking God. Christ. God, the tickets, and it's the same thing that, that Patrick said yesterday. He's, uh, Patrick was on the uh, Anna Ng episode and the I Palindrome Am I episode. Um, and yeah, it was the same thing. The tickets said, doors at eight, 
It didn't say a show time, just the doors at 8. So it was the exact same thing for us. We show up at 8.20. We'd missed four songs. He, did. he showed up at 8.40. He missed half of. He missed more than half of Flood. When I, for Christ's um, sake, guys. When I go to shows in Toronto, I'm so used to doors at 8, meaning show starts at 10, because we want to make alcohol purchases. We want to make right. alcohol sales. Right, exactly. <laughs> yes. This is how, this is how this shows is how things work. work. <laughs> but They Might Be Giants, I mean, these guys, they basically just like, they basically invented their own little ecosystem where they're like, we're going to put out our own records on our own label. We're going to tour whatever the fuck way we want. So like they're established enough. What's an opener? Dedicated enough. Right. They're like, it's an evening with They Might Be Giants. Well, then start it after you say doors. I mean, doors does not mean you're playing. Doors means we open the doors so the band can go take a breather after sound check and then they play. Right. I mean, come on. I don't yeah. know. That's kind of honestly my ideal concert. I walk no, in. The it band, is for me too. The band but starts I need playing immediately know. as I sit down, and then it's over in forty-five minutes, and I get to go home and go to bed. Oh, I man, I oh you sit love you a sit seated down show. at shows. Love a man, show. I'm the old one. <laughs> Same, but like at Indy, we ended up even coming in late. Like thanks to being Indianapolis, I don't know. If, I don't think it even sold out. I don't remember. But this balcony like circles around oh, like beautiful. a U shape all the way around. We got to the front of the balcony, and we're like. I mean, I'm basically like looking down on the top of Linnell. It was uh, it was the best, best view. One thing I've always really liked about them at Be Giant shows is if you want to get towards the front, you can kind of just worm through the crowd. There's no one. There's no one like stonewalling you, preventing you from going forward ever. No sweaty shirtless skinhead guy. Yeah, it's a show. It's a show notably devoid of skinheads. And I went to the the weirdest show I ever went to. Not weirdest show, but the weirdest crowd at a show I ever went to was. It was the Aquabats opening for the Vandals, which to me at 17 made total sense. I loved Scott. I loved punk. And uh, it was just like two silly bands. One was a ska band and one was a punk band. But the people that showed up for the Vandals were like so serious about it. They're like, this is a great punk band. I'm like, ah, they're pretty good. I mean, but they're just hilarious. And they were like booing the Aquabats. And I'm like, God, I'm like, shut the fuck up, you assholes. What are you doing? And then they're like, yeah, they're, I don't know if the, if the Aquabats were actually booed off the stage, but they did their set, just ignored all those people. And uh, then the Vandals came on and they were like moshing and shit. I'm like, what? Like all the dork kids like me were afraid to skank because all these other guys were there, like uh, being all serious, like the Vandals are some sort of. Like they're fucking dead Kennedys or something. I mean, like, come on. I mean, dead Kennedys get silly, but they're obviously a very hardcore influenced and snotty band. The Vandals are just, I mean, the Vandal, Hitler bad, Vandals good. That is, I mean, that's such a good album. Live Fast Diarrhea. I mean, come on. (laughs) How can you take that seriously? (laughs) Yeah, same venue in Chicago. I I had my mohawk up and uh, these guys came in and, threaten me like you're not a real punk i'm like well, i'm wearing a screeching weasel shirt what do you want we're in chicago i mean this is before ben weasel was found out to be a total prick and they're like we should we should hold you down and shave your head i'm like i don't i'm like i'm like what the hell is wrong with you why is this a thing i'm glad it's not like that anymore and they might be giants concerts are a bunch of nice nerdy people of all ages and it's like i mean it's like the best crowd you could ever yeah it's always really show yeah i mean unless you were a young punk kid who like their their duo era stuff is very punk to me because flansburg's guitar playing yeah 
Like especially, I don't know if you guys have heard the John Henry demos. Yeah, yeah. Oh god, so good. The guitar is so much hotter in the mix. I'm like, I'm like, god damn. I'm like Miller. Dan Miller is great, but Flansburg, man, his style is so great. Like he's never been a shredder, so he would make up for it with all this weird stuff. And I can imagine being like a high schooler and going to see them and being like, play Dig My Grave, I want a mosh. <laughs> <laughs> it's a total punk song. Play Stompbox, play it again. So uh, we're not here to talk about John Henry. We're here to talk about a song that was a B-side off a of factory showroom, and it was also on Mighty Schmorfin, Schmauer, Blangers, and I never saw that movie. Did you guys see that movie? Was it the ooze one? It is the ooze one. I saw the one. ooze one. I've seen Secret the ooze of the one. Ooze? Yeah. I only know I this. Because I, um, I found an upload of the entire movie on YouTube yesterday because copyright trolls just don't care about movies that came out in 1995, I guess, uh, because I wanted to thumb through the entire movie and find where they played Sense Around. I was curious. Uh, it was played at... 43 minutes and 51 seconds into the movie oh. and it's played out of a yeah. car stereo as it pulls into a driveway. Eight seconds. <laughs> that is the entire use of it. Eight seconds. Is it like the chorus or like it the is intro? The chorus, what yeah. part is it? Yeah. Sensor around, turn off the car. Yeah, that, that <laughs> was it. It was literally like a minivan pulling into a suburban driveway. I guess that's why they felt they had to put it on a couple of other releases because yeah. it was underappreciated in the movie. But the soundtrack, man, the artwork is fantastic if you look on the wiki. Um, but it's got Go-Go Power Rangers. The artist is Power Rangers Orchestra. But then it's got <laughs> it's got Red Hot Chili Peppers, Devo, which, I mean, Red Hot Chili Peppers in this year was more respectable. Devo, <laughs> Van Halen, TMBG, obviously. Like, this is a pretty pretty decent soundtrack and the one thing that i found really fascinating about the soundtrack is that it wasn't just like cobbled together songs but like the the person who mastered it like mastered like the whole thing together and yeah. like i guess some of them were there were some re-recorded versions for this as well as neil dorfsman it says on the wiki dorf and so he's, uh, um, he's done i think a guy with that last name should be wielding the sword that's hanging behind you, you. think so uh, Dorfsman. Engineer and producer best known for his work with Dire Straits, Bruce Hornsby, Mark Knopfler, mm. Paul McCartney, and <laughs> Sting. He did a bunch with Sting. There was a lot of Sting Holy on his resume. Holy shit. And he did uh, the fucking soundtrack to this Power Rangers movie. That's amazing. Like, he did, he did all the producing and engineering for the whole album. Wow. I mean, I guess it must have paid well. I mean, it's a pretty I'd big hope budget so. movie, I think. Yeah, shit. I mean, Power Rangers was huge at the time. Go, go, Power Rangers. What was your guys' like experience with Power Rangers? Were, like, were you into that when you were younger? I right, never I watched it. You were it. probably a little too old for it at the time. Definitely. I remember like hearing that like I could sing most of that theme song. I thought it was a pretty cool theme song. But, uh, Power Rangers. Yeah, it's just like this power pop jam. Yeah, but I, I don't remember ever watching the show. I remember flipping through and being like, what is I this? I was like yeah. five or... In like within like the five to eight range, I think when Power Rangers was at its most popular, and I was yeah. initially really reluctant to watch it because I was like a super anxious kid, and it just seemed very scary to me. Yeah, like just like you know creatures and monsters and stuff. Yeah. It all right. looked a little too real when like I was used to like cartoons. But then yeah, I they're finally like guts and I, like they're weird, craggly torsos and shit. Yeah, it just wasn't. I wasn't into it. But then I finally saw it on like TV while I was over a friend's house or something. 
and I it, I remember realizing how like stupid it looked and like just how low the production yeah. values were. And I was like, oh, this is actually kind of funny. Yeah. And then I got super into Power Rangers. But before that happened, my most like prominent memory still that I associate with it was being at like a birthday party in some kind of public museum slash kids play area space. I can't remember what the name of it was, but I was at a birthday party there and there was like a real ass Power Ranger who showed up. To like Whoa. meet and greet with the kids, and I was so terrified that I literally yeah. uh, passed out and fainted. <laughs> Whoa! Jesus. Yeah, man. Well, if it makes you feel any better, I was always terrified of the characters at Disney World because they're like nine feet tall. I'm like, I get that. They have huge, unmoving faces. What's I not think to what fear? really bothered me though. I think that what really bothered me though was like the profound realization that like oh if this power ranger is real everything else in that show is real and thus like all those horrible monsters are that actually is out there somewhere work. yeah yeah and it must have just been too much for me and i shut down my uh, uh my experience with power rangers is very much like any like average like four to seven year olds experience with serial media um in which like you're not following the plot at all you're just kind of staring <laughs> glassy-eyed at the tv <laughs> Uh, right. And I did watch a lot of yeah. Power Rangers, but fuck if I remember any of it. Yeah, they, I don't know. They were like, hey, we're kids, and now, oh, bad guy's coming. Let's change into our unitards. They were cool teens. They were teens they, with attitude. Right. They were teens with attitude. And, I mean, like, as a, I mean, like, just thumbing through the movie yesterday, and just like as an adult, I really appreciate, like, the. Um, like the kaiju and sentai like aesthetic of like shitty practical effects and uh-huh. power rangers is full of that stuff especially like when they're big and it's like very clearly just a guy in a suit fighting around some prop buildings the movie wasn't like that the movie had really <laughs> bad cgi when they were fighting around the buildings but the television right. show mostly did it like old kaiju style well, the television yeah, like show it. was actually two different things kind of cobbled yes. together, right? It was. Which I didn't learn until far, like, well into adulthood. It's a Japanese no show idea. called Super Sentai, and then all the Ameri- all the stuff of them out of the costumes was filmed in America. Which is wild that that's a thing that managed to happen. I think they pull it off pretty... I mean, like, maybe they don't pull it off as well as I remember, because I haven't gone back and watched an episode of Power Rangers since I was that young, but... I remember it being pretty seamless. No, yeah, no. It, I think it. I think it works pretty well as long as you have like a reasonable suspension of disbelief. Being five probably helped. Yes. Okay, so um, let's talk about. Yeah, let's talk about the different versions then. So, let's see. Technically, the well, the soundtrack version came out first, yeah. and then the next year on the SEXXY EP. Uh, Factory showroom related stuff that came out. So, um, yeah, so I guess, well, at the top of the show, I probably put in a clip of that version, but let's talk about the differences because they are very slight. Like, if you only listen to like 10 seconds, you're like, click, how's this one sound? Okay, click, how's this one sound? Okay, they're exactly the same. When I was listening to them this but morning, the I had them bridges. Yeah. Yeah. I had them on repeat. So I was listening to one, then the other, then one, then the other, then one, then the other. Nice. Um, uh huh. You really notice the um, the faster tempo of the factory showroom version, which is like it's a very slight difference in tempo. But when you're listening to them back to back, it's very noticeable. Huh. I also okay, picked wait, that wait, up while doing back to back in preparation for the show. Yeah. Where are you listening to them, though? Are we sure there's no tape speed issues? Just inching one a little faster because that's a thing 
I've come it's across possible. I, I also I, I also just was using the wiki as reference and it does say that the soundtrack version is at a slightly slower tempo. So I, I just I trusted that. Yeah, here in the wiki it's only saying soundtrack version, bridge has spacey ba 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 vocals. And then the SEXXY version, bridge has funky electric piano. Yeah, it, it's on the trivia info on the soundtrack version yeah. page. Ah, okay, okay. Good not catch. It, not on the chronology tab. Good catch. Well, let's go ahead. I'm going to play the two bridges back to back, and let's okay. talk about that. Were you listening to the YouTube one that uh, the person is beyond the grid by any chance? Not originally. Uh, I I just I have I've had an MP3 of it for years. Okay, yeah. Which I, I think was just sure. ripped, I think it was just ripped from the uh, the podcast. Yeah, the soundtrack. Well, I just was on worry po- about on the podcast one. Right, I just worry about the uh, people that put up YouTube videos and they're like, "It's this," but then they're actually it's something else. Idiots. <laughs> oh yeah, like, no. Did, well, well, looking at this, while well, looking at it, the, fools. the EP version was indeed mislabeled as the soundtrack version on YouTube. Yeah, it caused it, came it, up with, yeah. it caused quite a bit of right initial here, confusion yeah. between me and Matt while he was trying to show me the two right, different when versions. When I was trying to send him the files. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm actually listening to. You know what? Can you just to make sure I'm listening to the right one? Can you drop the just drop it and like uh, or email it to me real quick? Yeah. The the actual soundtrack version because I'm positive this one that has the Mighty Morphin as the as the visual is actually not the soundtrack one because it sounds exactly the same. Can you just skip to the bridge and find out? Yeah, no, it's it's the funky electric piano. Oh. It's not the ba ba ba. Well, yeah, there it, are no ba ba ba. Then it's wrong. So I've so I've been listening to the wrong version. So um, here I sent you yeah, the soundtrack one. Send me that shit. Um, I I specifically labeled the MP3s because I like I copied them out of my music folder into a dedicated folder for this episode so that right. I didn't have to go find the songs. And then I labeled Smart one of them man. EP and one of them soundtrack. It's helpful. The wiki is rarely wrong. The only thing I find constantly wrong is people putting up the guitar tabs and saying it's in a certain key. Um, okay. I don't know how many episodes of my podcast you guys have listened to, but they're, I'm, I'm finding more and more they might be giant songs that are written in non-traditional modes, <laughs> like all these like medieval modes that like no one writes songs in anymore. Oh my god! Like someone keeps moving my chair. Oh, that that song's all over the place. Well, that song is in F Phrygian. Do you even <laughs> know what that is? There's something Most very medieval don't. about something. Someone keeps moving my chair. I would say. That was a problem they used to have a lot back then. Yeah, on, uh, yeah. On the wiki, um, it said F major, and I'm like, if it's an F major, 
then why is every other chord in E flat, which is not in F major, the key of F major? So like Daryl's there, and he had his accordion, and I had my, I mean, my piano is right here, you know, and I would just start plunking at the... And like, yeah, that's not F major. Let's figure out what it is. So, <laughs> so as you do the podcast, it, it's a it's a long term, it's it's a long term effort to make the wiki correct. Yeah, I found other do, stuff. Do an like, edit after every episode. Well, with my no cops episode that Cornmo was on, I'm like he was on the song. So then I I was able to verify that there's no accordion on that song. It's actually a uh, like a pump organ. Yeah. And it said that he played accordion. He's like, no, I just sang. So like, I was able to edit and actually, you know, from the source. <laughs> citation, the and then you put your own podcast as the citation. Right. So uh, getting actually back to it, that the bridge on the Mighty Morphin version almost sounds to me like a good vibration style, just like cut. They're like, here's a piece of some other song. Let's drop it right in the middle of this one. Because, like, especially at the end, there's, like, a quick, like, there's, like, a fraction of a second of silence. And, and then, then it goes, dun, 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 yeah. and then back into the song. I so actually really that too, like yeah. this bridge. I, I think I prefer it over the over the factory showroom. The sexy SPX version. XYZ there's the version. Mighty Morphin version, and then there's the sexy version. Yeah. yeah. The Mighty and, Morphin. Let's know, just call it the sexy version. Yeah. You know, the sexy version is actually sexier. Maybe thought they thought it was too sexy for a kid's movie. <laughs> Maybe. Because like that, like it's very like 70s funk synth. Yeah, it's yeah, got it a like, kind of sound know? that you imitate when doing bits that like involve faking porno music. Like. <laughs> that, see, that, that uh, I don't know if it's just because I'm familiar with the soundtrack version more because I've just, this MP3 has been floating around my hard drive for years. Yeah. Um, and I, I've only recently even heard the other one. So very, very much the reverse right. of your situation. Okay. Um, right. yeah. I don't know if it's just cause I'm used to the ba 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 buzz, but I feel like the, the, the funky keys take me out of it a lot more. As someone who ha- didn't hear either of these, uh, songs until last night, I prefer <laughs> the sexy version. I really like those. Synth it sounds makes that more they're sense. With. Like they're really yeah. nice it, and kind of starry eyed yeah. and like chill. And I really enjoy it. I feel like I don't hear them use those kind of sounds so often. So well, that, it's nice that on this version, one. Yeah. The sexy version actually sounds like it naturally went into that bridge and back out of that bridge. While, like I said, the Mighty Morphin one sounds like, well, let's make one that's more space agey and less funky. Well, the Mighty Morphin one predates the sexy version one, right? It Okay, it, it does. But the way that They Might Be Giants work, Linnell probably wrote this like eight years before or something, you know, and it's something that even the wiki doesn't know because it's just Linnell's so secretive and, yeah. uh, you know, well, well, stuff like how I found out that when I did the I Am Not Your Broom episode with Franz Nikolai of the Hold Steady, I was like, wait a second, he did this little, you know, they would do these little videos in the late, uh, for their website in the late uh, 90s, and it's this little grainy video of him singing I Am Not Your Broom. And it's like five years before No came out. And I'm like, there's no way they even had thought of doing a kid's album by then. Right. So like we're we're talking about it as it like like a working class uprising kind of song. We took what what ended up on a kid's album and talked about it like it was a like communist uprising or socialist like unionizing song about these brooms that are gonna overthrow their uh oppressors. 
and it was pretty cool. So like Linnell probably wrote this one like three years before, and just like how Flan supposedly wrote Boss of Me the night that he found out they needed a song and sent it in like hours later. <laughs> um <laughs> That's the that's the, the, the like the demo the actual theme because Dan Hickey's like oh I don't play on the actual one that's in the opening credits I'm like wait a minute he's like no that's the demo that's the demo so I go and listen to it I'm like oh yeah that is drum machine it's so weird uh, so Liddell probably wrote it a long time before this and then was just sitting like, on it yeah I was just sitting on it he's like I don't know what album this fits on whatever doesn't sound like a John Henry song at all it's not yeah. dark enough doesn't like it kind of sounds like a factory showroom song it sounds like sex it sounds like s-e-x-x-y honestly uh in the bridge at least and uh so i guess that's why they decided to put it there but i guess the year before they're probably like hey uh we need money and we're gonna go drop off of electro we need money so then mighty morphin thing they're like we're looking for uh, songs for the soundtrack so they're like hey let's put this spacey bridge in it even though it won't actually appear in the movie because there's only eight seconds of the song <laughs> <laughs> like well that was a waste of time because it does sound like good vibration style where they're like okay we got this whole song and it's already got this funky bridge but let's record this little thing and just snip it right into the middle that's what it sounds like to me yeah what do you think, Trevor? Does, does it sound like that to you? I would have just assumed that the uh, like the the vocal bridge predates the funkier version, just because, like you were saying, it kind of almost sounds like they figured out a more natural transition in between, like the recording of one and the recording of the other. Okay, so you're you're that taking in the yeah. opposite. Yeah, you're taking it in the opposite direction. That makes sense too. Yeah, uh-huh. where they're yeah, like maybe where, it sounds like, so like such an abrupt cut because they just didn't really know how to pull it off yet, and when they did, they decided right. to go with the instrumental version instead. Yeah, I mean the uh, yeah. So then the SCXXY uh, EP had obviously SCXXY on it. Um, also had uh, what you call it, Unforgotten, uh, We've Got a World That Swings, and a the Warren Rig Microwave Mix of SEXXY, which I actually have never listened to. Um, I haven't done that episode yet. That it's eight sounds, minutes uh, long? <laughs> holy balls. Also, We've wow. Got a World That Swings is ranked 94 out of 910, and that's very high for a song I've never listened to before. Well, here is... How the wiki people operate, the wiki, I, and I don't mean the wiki editors like John Ulyss, I mean uh, people that actually bother to make a account on the wiki so they can vote and on stuff. Yeah, and it only, it only has 59 rankings, so that, that right. tracks. Sensorine is also dorks. super high, right? It's like in the top 30? What is? Well, it has two separate oh, rankings. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I guess it would. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Both yeah. of them are in the top 50, though. Which one's higher? Which, Which one's higher? Uh, the sexy version. Gotcha. At number twenty nine. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And the soundtrack version is at number forty six. I gotta say, I've only, yeah. as someone who's only heard this song yesterday, that feels okay. <laughs> to, I'm fine with that. This is a real. It's very good. It's a, it, right? it fucking, it right? fucking rips. It's really good. And yeah, like, yeah. You know, top fifty. They might be giant song. It, for it sure. is very weird that this didn't make like the final regular release of the album. It just seems like such a it seems like such a missed opportunity. Like this could have they could have easily pushed this out as the as a lead single instead of S E X X Y. Yeah, that's bizarre yeah, to me. You know, 
it it is weird. I feel like um, I don't know. Maybe it was like you know, if you look at the track listing for Factory Showroom, it you know it it sounds like almost ahead of its time, ahead of its TMBG timeline. It sounds like a song that would fit on the spine to me. I can, yeah. I can see it on the spine, but it I can see that it feels very Factory Showroom to me. Like it feels like a sister song to. Till my head falls off almost like it's got the same kind of okay. really quick new wave churn to it they could literally yeah, just I feel they could like... put it where SEXXY is on factory showroom take SEXXY out of track Seriously, one get that out of there throw it right in there were they just maybe, trying to get dropped by electra at the time is that the yeah, real okay. is that the real thing so, here? yeah there's well the, yeah people should go and listen to your giants confirmed uh factory showroom episode where we trash talk S-E-X-X-Y a lot. Uh, <laughs> so we probably don't need to fully get into that here, but sense around maybe in place of S-E-X-X-Y wouldn't make a whole lot of sense because only the bridge has that funky feel. So you ins- instead would be starting off with two power pop songs, two power pop Linnell songs. So maybe you'd want to start with a flan song. Maybe put, I don't even know, put XTC versus Adam Ant as track one. No, I still think um, uh, How Can I Sing Like a Girl would be the best track one. And I would put Sense Around oh, yeah, I forgot you said as that. the yeah. side one closer, I think, and then go into Ooh, like uh-huh. New York City as the side B opener. I think that would work really well. I would probably like ditch oh, yeah, XTC versus Adam Ant for this one. What you're saying is we need to travel back in time. Uh, become record executives at Electra and redecide this track order. That's the plan, Matt. To- yeah, that's the plan. Yeah, right. So if you guys, uh, well, anybody out there, if you uh, join the Patreon, one of our uh, special episodes was with three violinists talking about string arrangements in They Might Be Giant songs. And half of the songs we talked about on that episode were from Factory Showroom. Mm-hmm. I think the way they were trying to get dropped from Electra was by using all of their money. Because <laughs> this... <laughs> I mean, the string arrangements, God, like I would never drop XTC versus Adam Ant, even though I don't think it's the strongest song. Uh, the string arrangement alone makes it totally worth keeping. And same with SEXXY. Like, if you put different lyrics to that, I think we talked about this, right? Yeah, we, we just had different it. lyrics. Yeah. If SEXXY just had different lyrics, it would be a killer that they would still play at every show and everyone would love because the arrangement is amazing. What would you rather S-E-X-X-Y be about? What would you like to see the lyrics be? Maybe about not being sexy because, you know, it's the Johns. <laughs> <laughs> they took a little more ironic approach to it. I could see that working. Yeah, yeah. Right, right. Yeah, like, like yeah, plans. So I could have the right. same title, just different lyrics. Yeah, yeah. It would be like not S-E-X-X-Y. <laughs> and Flans would be like... It would be about how he had a hard time uh, getting chicks when he was younger because he wore glasses or something like that. You know, I don't Kinda even know. My pants. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> then I ripped the back. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I took in my shirts and nobody else does. I'm a fucking nerd. Uh, be like, whoa, they just said fuck for the first time. Um, <laughs> <laughs> this song is sexy. Uh, okay, so yeah. Oh, yeah, so I'm seeing here in the trivia on the actual... Okay, yeah, we got... This is uh, the... Wait. Yeah, it says this is a faster, more rock-based remake, the original version. Uh, according to live show Banzer by Flansburg, 
uh, before Factory Showroom came out, this re-recorded version was originally intended for the album. So yeah, I I do think it should have been on. Maybe not in place of maybe change the lyrics for SEXXY, um, yeah. and then just don't delete anything. Just put it in maybe after your own worst enemy because that's a slow one. So then this one, boom, would kick it back up. Kick it right back up again. I mean, the yeah. the album only had fourteen tracks on it. That's not enough tracks for them at the Giants album. Yeah, I, I know. The more throw, I learn throw about unforgotten the, on there too. The more I learn about the process of them putting together the track list for Factory Servant, the more it frustrates me because I know another one of my favorite They Might Be Giants songs also got cut. Um, shit, what is it? Uh, it's that really slow piano well, one. Unforgotten is the only other uh, uh, B side. I'm keeping that entire groan in the episode. I could give you a longer one if you want a better take. I do like I the idea of one, one, one of take. your favorites. Certain <laughs> people I could name. Oh, yeah, that's a great song. I'm actually working on a cover of it right now. Shh. I won't spoil it by saying the the genre that I took it into, nice. but it's coming. It's off to a good start. Um, hint. Kind of sounds like the Aquabats now. Um, all right. All right. All right. Yep, 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 yep. Ska versus punk choruses. Um yeah, so let's talk about the arrangements some more because we we jumped to the bridges because that's what makes the two versions different. But like musically, before we get to the lyrics, let's talk about the arrangement of it. Trevor, what what do you like about? I mean, like right off the bat, the way it kicks off, we've been alluding to it about where we'd put it in the track list and such because of the arrangement. But what do you like best about the arrangement minus the bridges, which we already talked about? I always really like hearing the Johns do like the nerdy neurotic power pop thing with like the super yeah. beefy guitars and like the sleek production i think they handle it really well there's always like a risk for it to delve into kind of like more middle of the road territory like compared to some of their more like unique songs but i think this one does a pretty good balance of it where like uh till my head falls off it's like a cool driving power pop song with lyrics that feel appropriate to the band. Like the lyrics almost really remind me of the statue got me high where it's about being like uh. opened up to the world of art and just being very overwhelmed. Yeah, no, that, that was that. like one of the most common interpretations I saw of it too, mm-hmm. is like the idea of of this being something that shaped the narrator of the song who is explicitly not the Johns because they were not babies in the mid seventies. Right. Uh, <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I guess we're not talking about the lyrics just yet. Uh, for no, me, the we are one thing not. I really like about the arrangement is the way it almost starts like you're already in the middle of a song. Like the down, 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 Like that, that almost sounds like yeah. a bridge of its own. Yeah, you know, because if you look at the guitar tabs, it does, it starts with a chord progression that intro with all those held notes you just sang that that chord progression um never comes back exactly like that there's some similar things that come back but that's like a really weird thing not that songs don't have like weird intros sometimes but just for it to come out like guns blazing like you said like it sounds like it could be a bridge because those that those chord changes never happen again so usually the part of a song that would have a chord progression, nothing like the rest of the song, is the bridge, not the intro. Usually right. the intro is like, here's what the song's going to kind of sound it like, and here we go. You know? It's weird. And like the last part of that intro is the thing that's basically repeated at the end of every line. That yeah. And it's very good like uh, driving rhythm for the whole song. 
And that's yeah, in both I, versions, just played at slightly different speeds. And I right. think the on the factory showroom version, that gets mixed in a more punk way. Like, the, the guitars are a bit crunchier. Yeah. I, I feel like the more... Uh, I mean, it's John Linnell, and he does weird stuff that I would never do, and that's why the songs are so good, because I would never think of this shit. Uh, it would make more sense to just start with, like, maybe a couple drum hits, a couple flans, be like... When I was only as I go, like, and just get rid of all the, you know, just basically cut right to the and then jump in. But yeah, yeah. The, the, it's it's so good. Just like the, uh, well, it's weird. There's no credit tab on the wiki, which is rare. Wait, does it not have it for either version? Let me see. Uh, uh, there's credits on the soundtrack no. version. Okay. Whoops. But it doesn't it doesn't mark who did the bass or guitar parts. It just marks the engineering and the lead vocal, which are obvious. Oh, yeah. So yeah, it doesn't this one's, have this one's rarely undercredited. Yeah, I'm feeling like maybe like what I would guess is that it's just the two Johns that made this. Maybe Dan Hickey jumped on for or actually at the time it would have been Doherty. Uh and then Doherty jumped on to play the drums because it feels like like I said, they probably did it super quickly right. to like try to crank out a song to make money off this or whatever. I mean, they probably liked the the movie too. Like they, you know, they identified with that kind of culture. They're like, right. this would be a good movie to get on. But it sounds like maybe, you know, Linnell, like old school, would actually play the bass guitar, not Danny. Like uh, Linnell was just like, here's the chord progression. I'm going to play the bass. Uh, let's get Brian to play the drums. And then Flansburg did, you know, all the guitars without yeah. Miller or Weinkoff. You know, um, that's what it feels like to me because there's no shreddy guitar parts there's no complicated guitar parts it's just like it sounds like flans just kicking out another boss of me well i guess boss of me came after but you know that kind of thing that that power pop like wheelhouse that he discovered um it, my my hypothesis is that see the constellation was the first song where he was like oh i could just write a really good rock song <laughs> yeah that might yeah. be the first one in that like genealogy yeah, that's that what feels when, right. when Adam, yeah, when Adam Gore and Adam and his package was on that episode, like just mid episode, I'm like, you know, he doesn't really have any songs like this on the Pink album. That's for goddamn sure. And on Lincoln, he's still writing like Cowtown and stuff like that. I mean, he always has weird songs and always, always will. But like, see the constellation. It has a Ramones count off. You know, you got D.D. Ramone yelling four through the entire song. <laughs> yeah. And then it's just like, just a guy made of dots and lines. And the guitars are just, dun it, dun it, dun And I'm like, man. And then he's like, hey, we could like make a lot of money off of songs like this, unlike songs like Hall Chess of Heads. Chess Face. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. When is, uh, is Toddler Highway going to get uh, licensed for a Toys R Us commercial? You wish. Okay, so the arrangement rules, power pop, greatness. Both bridges are pretty cool. I can get down with both of them. Let's I talk mean, about I, the you're lyrics. I'm talking about the both bridges as in like the two different bridges between yes. them. But then there's the bridge that is common between the two, which is the accidentally in a coal mine line. Uh -huh. That's that part is I, I think like I, I think I like how this this song has a bunch of like different structures, and I just really like the the way he sings those lines. Accidentally in a, in a coal, coal mine, mine. Yeah. it yeah. was found. Yeah. And I also just love the idea that this like explicitly real technology that they are referencing, which we will get to when we get to the lyrics, um, was something that they just found under the earth. 
let's transition in. So go ahead and uh, expand on that, man. Right. So like that that bridge is like accidentally in a coal mine. It was found when they accidentally dug too far and found the sense around. Um, sense around is actually a brand name for a process developed by Sirwin Vega, which was yeah. basically um, putting a bunch of speakers below the seats that emit really low tones that you can kind of hear, but you mostly just feel. Right, subwoofer. And that's basically. what ear and sternum is referring to, is like you hear it in your ear, but you also feel it in your sternum. It yeah, was made this for the what, 1974 uh, Oh, hello. I like your sword. <laughs> I'm, I'm waving. Yeah. <laughs> and your hair. He likes your sword. And your hair. And your hair. <laughs> I have camera on. <laughs> I'm Billy Eilish. <laughs> okay, so uh, <laughs> that's, you see, this is why I like cameras. You feel like you're getting to know someone better. It, yeah, eventually you you'll see my cats in the background. We'll show nice. Yeah, I've been on a, yeah. a looker look out. Yeah, he'll, he'll, he'll be around. He's probably hiding guys, right now because I'm talking too loud. I don't know if you guys saw the screenshots of when Bob Nana was on the Erase episode. He was sitting at his kitchen table and his cat is like literally going behind his shoulders <laughs> and he's like, ah, like he's talking, he's like, hold on. Ah, and he's like throwing the cat off like several times, <laughs> like just doing this video call. It just humanizes people. Like when I have these famous guests, uh, like Frances Quinlan from Hopalong, she was like, oh, Hell wait, yes. you want it? Yeah, she was on the She's an Angel episode. You guys nice. clearly need to listen I, to my podcast. Yeah, I clearly more. need to listen to um, that one specifically, but also your podcast in general. Yeah, how dare you? Um, well, I've listened to all of yours, but that's not a whole lot of episodes. Um, <laughs> I, I do need to make a point to listen to some of your guys' other podcasts, um, which you could plug at the end of this thing. So um, what, uh, what the hell was I even about to say? Um, what the hell was I just talking about before I said your other podcast? We were about to talk about the lyrics. Oh, Francis Quinlan Francis real Quinlan, quick. Francis Quinlan, yeah. She was like, oh, wait, you want to do a video call? I'm like, yeah, you know, if that's okay. I didn't end up taking a screenshot of her because, like, she turned her camera on and it was like, like, she's she's the cutest thing, but she's like, um, I didn't put makeup on. I'm like, you don't need to have makeup on, but we we talked via camera phone, but I'm like, I won't, I won't post a screenshot if you don't feel comfortable with that, and that was fine because I didn't give her a heads up. I don't know, maybe she right. hadn't, you know, maybe she doesn't follow the Twitter or whatever and didn't see that I always post pictures of uh, my guests and such. Just for an audio medium, it's it's. I think people like seeing you know putting a face to the voice. Um, so lyrics. So the sense around thing, which uh, specifically designed for the nineteen seventy four film Earthquake. That makes yeah. sense. Um, yeah, the process was intended. I'm just on Wikipedia right now. The process was intended for subsequent use and was adopted for four more films. Midway, nineteen seventy six. I have no idea what that is. Football? I don't know. Um, racing movie. Roller Coaster, 1977. Uh, saga of a Star World. Not a Star Wars. And Battlestar Galactica pilot. As well, Mission Galactica, the Cylon attack. Yeah. One of the things that definitely sunk it as a medium was the trend towards multiplexes because people didn't want the theater vibrating if they were in the next theater. Right. Um, and then the other thing that sunk it is that way more people went to see Star Wars than Roller Coaster. I, re- I yeah. remember. <laughs> and right. So they're like, why do we need to put all this extra money into this extra stuff when we can just have Star Wars? 
I, I read that a lot yeah. of uh, people who went to go see The Godfather 2 in particular were complaining about the sensor on noises coming from adjacent theaters. Yeah. That's very funny. Uh, Matt, do they have, in Canada, yeah. do they have um, the 4D experience when it comes to movies? At some theaters, but I've never really been to one. Uh, there, there's a couple of a couple of the Cineplex theaters have uh, the D-Box seats, the ones that can kind of move a little bit. Okay, yeah. I went, to, I went to a 4D movie. But I've never been in what? one because they cost more. I went to a 4D You've movie here like two years ago when Baby Driver was out. A friend of mine took me to it. Okay. And it turned what should have been an otherwise like super enjoyable trip to the cinema to see an Edgar Wright movie into like a nightmare. I did not have a good ah. time with it. What did it do? The seats were just always moving around. They blast like really nasty smells at you. And like, yeah, I mean, Baby Driver probably wasn't a super good example of this because like there were a lot of like screeching tires and burning rubber. So that like wasn't really enjoyable. Why would you want that? The whole point of the movie is that you're only seeing. Yeah. What if there's a movie where someone pukes? They're going to pump puke smell into the. That's at least an easy one to make. That's just butyric acid. That's that's well. You know, but they need to know, like, what did the person in the movie eat right before That's they puked? <laughs> smells yeah, like bananas. You can't do just the bile. bile. You need to be specific. Right. And, they, is it well, bile? They had beef stew. Oh, oh boy. <laughs> Which looks like vomit going down uh, and coming up is undiscernible to the naked eye. So let's talk about the rest of the lyrics. When I was only a zygote is just classic Linnell bizarre opening line. I, mean, I just love yeah. <laughs> the idea of them putting like fucking SAT words in their songs in general, but like just very specifically this one, which was the soundtrack to a kid's movie. Right. Do you, yeah. Do you guys, did you, do you know what zygote means without like having to look it up? Yeah. Yeah. I assume it's like an early stage of like, you know, when you're first conceived, you're like a little tiny thing. Yes. It's, ba- it's it basically this, the second, the second that the two cells join. Gotcha. The fertilized, Basically. fertilized ovum. Yeah. Uh, a zygote is a, Eucar- oh my god, eukaryotic, eukaryotic cell. Eukaryotic, yeah. There you go. I'm no scientist. Science words. Um, well, yeah, science is real. Uh, formed right. by fertilization event between two gametes. Gametes is that right? The zygote's gametes. genome. Yeah, the uh, genome is a. They might be genomes. Is a combination of the DNA in each gamete and contains all of the genetic information necessary to form a new individual. So this is where the miracle of life occurs and life begins at <laughs> conception and blah blah. Oh, other boy. stupid stuff. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, it's a it's a it's a Giants podcast, and I am happy to lose any conservative. Uh, idiots who might be listening. So goodbye. Um, yeah, every, every time uh, pot, politics come up in uh, in, in Misty, happy to learn yeah. who sucks. Oh, did you see? Yeah, did yeah, right. Did you see the one of mine that got deleted by John because it started just a fucking hellscape of? I might have. Yeah, well, I got I bought the shirt that Marty and Danny wore. The uh, really cool retro design. It says. Um, uh, well, it's about Roe v. Wade. It says, oh, what is the phrase that is on it? I've only gotten to wear it a couple times so far. But anyway, it's a Planned Parenthood uh, fundraiser right, right. Yeah, no, t- I did see t-shirt. Yeah, super cool looking shirt, though. So both Car and I got one. We're like, we could be twins. It's fine. We're both feminists, and we could be cute little matching feminists. Yeah. And so I posted a picture of me. I was actually at work, and I said, I think the problem was with how I worded it that set people off. 
because I literally said trolling conservatives. In yeah, when, the, when I saw uh, it, the, yeah. the posting was closed, but it wasn't deleted yet. Yeah, right. So <laughs> I'm sitting. Sit, yeah, I'm sitting at my piano, and like I teach at these two very rural schools. Um, the one that has more farm kids is actually less like less Trumpy. I'm not saying they don't vote for them, but they're not like flying the goddamn right. flags of his and shit. While the other school I teach at is a bigger town, but more like just a poverty-stricken town where people like voting against their best interests yeah. and don't know what the word sexism means, uh, as was evidenced by two parent phone calls that went to my principal when I said that I pulled the whole sixth grade boys into my room and talked to them about what sexism means because I found out that they were behaving for me, but none of the women in the building. I'm the only guy in both both of my buildings. It's the nature of elementary schools. So I felt I had to have a man-to-man with all of them. And just using the word sexism, I wasn't talking about sex. I was talking about sexism. I think yeah, it's you like said a spinal, sex. That's the problem. I think, it's a, I think it's a spinal tap moment. People say it's, it's sexist. Well, what's wrong with being sexy? No, sexist. <laughs> sexist. Just, well, that's why I said sexy. Uh, I was like, fucking Christ. Like, and I also talked about misogyny. Didn't get any calls about that because they're probably just like, I don't know what that means. Or yeah. the boys didn't take it home and couldn't properly say the word for the parents to understand. Mr. Simpson called a sexist. No, I said, you're being sexist. There's an ingrained misogyny in this town uh, where dad rules and uh, mom can be walked all over and you're bringing it to school and I'm not going to have it. And if I need good to be you. all your da- if I need to be all your dads and, or be the only good male role model you have, like you are going to stop uh, taking advantage of the sub during this maternity leave because she is the nicest woman ever and you're being jerks and let her teach and knock it off and I will be checking in with her at the end of every day. <laughs> Oh yeah, because that's oh, what's okay. happening right now. Yeah, I'm like, you, I'm like, I'm not gonna let. I'm gonna do whatever I can. I mean, granted, they're only sixth graders, but they're about to go to like junior high, and I'm like, I'm not gonna let you guys go grow up and be jerks. I mean, I mean, like I said to them, best. yeah, I said to them, I'm like, well, here, let's talk in your language. You're never gonna get a girlfriend that you like uh, and is actually a good person if. You're an idiot towards women, so just think about that. Uh, and I'm like, I'm like, eventually there's going to be a female president, so uh, just just think about that. You're not better than the girls uh, yeah. or the women that teach you. And so then I get two angry phone calls, and I'm like, I'm fine with those angry phone calls. I am not backing down from my uh, the the uh, lesson that I was trying to teach these boys. Yeah. So anyway, that's a whole thing. That's what happened to me last week. Or two weeks ago. Um, this week, I'm putting on my They Might Be Giants programs for the first graders at both schools. So that's going to be fun. Yeah, set list includes Boss of Me, Particle Man, Dr. Worm, Triops Has Three Eyes, uh, Clap Your Hands, what am I forgetting? More kids ones. Robot Parade Adult Version. Robot Parade, not adult version. We're actually doing the one, because um, on a couple of them, I show the music video like behind them so the parents can see it. And we're doing the one where it's like in-studio. When No came out, they did all those like in-studio videos because it has Linnell using like the crazy chaos touchpad thingy. <laughs> Super cool. I love so, that thing. Um, oh, it's the best. So then I have the kids like, first graders still think doing the robot is cool. So they're like, 
I'm like, try to match the music with your robot moves. And they're like, dear, dear, dear. Yeah, it's like power down. They love it. Yeah, they probably like Power Rangers, actually. Maybe too scary for first graders. <laughs> Trevor, is that when you said you saw it? Were you like a first grader? Probably around that age, yeah. Yeah, that would be a little scary. Mm-hmm. It's, it's more for like third graders. <laughs> but there's a big change in kids between six and uh, eight or nine. You go through a lot. So, yeah. let's. Uh, so the zygote is where we got off topic. We got one uh, line in. As, as I Four said, lyrics. then I like... J- then I just, well, it's this goddamn, I mean, you don't have to deal with this, Matt, but like the, you know, we're getting so close to the election. We're really not that close, but it feels like we're close. Well, I very and, much uh, have to deal with it anyway. Don't worry. God, I know. Everyone has to deal with our asshole presidents. Oh, God. Even Obama was like, hey, let's start droning people. And I'm like, this is not what I signed up for. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, when I was only a zygote, I still remember the time. So the concept of remembering, or to think Matt, about. I'm not sure yep. if you know what that is, but that's when you draw upon your past experiences and you kind of just create pictures of them in your mind's eye. That sounds uh-huh. kind of fake. I, I can only really that- perceive the present. Oh, shit. My baby is sitting up in a crib. Um, she's not crying. She's just like sitting there. Yeah, look, look at her. She's like, yep, just chilling. Good. Um, okay, so let's see. We've already, we've gone 70 minutes. We've established what zygotes was... are. We established what remembering is. Right, but we got live versions. We got covers. You know, there's a chance that if I give her a snack that she can eat by herself, she'll just chill down here, and I'll get some slight chewing sounds on the track. You guys mind if I go grab her? Yeah, no problem. Add a great ASMR quality to it. Oh, totally. Those are the <laughs> stupidest things. Uh, so I think, you know, honestly, though, I think we could finish in 15 minutes if we, uh, like, the the lyrics, like, you know, once you tell people what sends around, actually, like, what that's I referencing. we got it covered. Yeah, I mean, you know, yeah, we talked about, well, you talked about the coal mine part. Um, so there's a couple other things we could cover. Then I want to do definitely that live video link I sent and maybe one or two of those other ones, just little clips. Um, and I'll have to listen to a little clip to see what they sound they sound different. And then there's one cover, and then we can score it. So let me just go grab the baby. If I put a big thing of milk in her hand, she'll just chug that, and we'll get like 10 minutes out of that. All right, hold on. Hey, everybody. I'm Scott. And I'm Craig. Together we host a podcast called Best Midwestern, part of the Punk News Podcast Network. Uh, We have a uh, new episode coming out right now about the great state of Kansas. Learn all about all the fun facts of Kansas you never knew. Uh, Like, for example, which porn star is from Kansas that is currently married to Stormy Daniels? There's a fun one. Uh, Regardless, it'll be a good episode regardless. Tune in uh, at Best Midwestern on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, anywhere you listen to your podcasts, and follow us online at Best Midwestern. People are going to love our chemistry. People are used to me talking to all different people from all over the world about They Might Be Giants. But listen to me and Scott. We go way back. This dude spoke at my wedding and then sang Andrew WK. It was awesome. True. Listen to Best Midwestern, my other podcast. Scott, I've missed you. Everybody, check out Kansas. Hello. Okay. New guest. <laughs> okay, let's go on the floor. Here you go. Hey, here. 
Drink that, you goof. There you go. <laughs> okay. That's Zinnia. I feel like the, the, the lyrics of the song are pretty straightforward. They're basically just, uh, other than accidentally in a coal mine, it mostly just describes what sense around is and the experience of hearing it as a baby in the womb. Right. So right. like it's it seems like a very it's like a very um it seems like a very a nerdy hyperfixation, which is a very common feature of they might be giant songs of just like taking a topic and just really, really diving into it. Well it's like what Linnell has said. I always refer to this uh NPR interview he did when state songs came out in ninety nine, and this was not that long before that. Um where he said, he's like, I'm just so lazy. <laughs> like, really? I'm just so lazy. I hate having to think of things to write a song about. He's like, the lyrics get in the way. Like, I think he would honestly just like, la 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 his way through a song and just be like, yep. Here's, Leela, do not steal her snack. Get out of here. Um, He'd just like, la 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 and be like, here's an awesome melody and an awesome arrangement, guys. And people would be like, where's the words? He's like, fine, I'll do it about like the subwoofer under your movie theater seat. Yeah. And yeah. then just like, like some like, yeah. <laughs> I, and then just some like really specific imagery about being inside the womb. If I could swim under the water without having to breathe, if I could follow the trail to the ocean <sighs> floor. I think I know where yeah. there'd be down there waiting for me. Well, I, I mean, there's a lot of things that, yeah, you're like, this is a fairly straightforward song. Only because we know so many They Might Be Giant songs. No normal person would think these lyrics are straightforward. Right, like, right. Lyrics from the, perspective, from the perspective of a fetus. Yeah, so, <laughs> I mean, when you are... So, do either of you guys have kids? No. Yeah, so, like, my wife is a professor. She's an academic for life. She reads everything and reads super quickly. So, like, when she was pregnant... And uh, and then during her maternity leave after Zinnia was born, she's just like reading everything, like all these sleep studies. And like Zinnia slept with a sound machine since, you know, since she was born. And she's like a champion sleeper because of it. She sleeps like 12 hours a night. And this, yes. without, this is without waking up at all. I mean, actually, last night she slept 13 and a half hours. Okay. Let's, me sl- let's me sleep in on daylight savings. My wife's like... She's probably going to wake up. It'll be early because of the, you know, whatever the, or, you know, I mean, the fucking time changes, whatever. Um, But no, she slept till eight. (laughs) Champion. You know? Yeah. And actually actually nine. She slept till nine with the time change. Like, seriously, I put her down at 630. She sleeps till 8 a.m. So we're super lucky. But like in the womb... Like, obviously, I don't remember when I was in the womb, but in the womb, since it's so muted, like, if you imagine, like, well, if my band were practicing and you were up, like, two stories up, which she is, Zinnia sleeps through our practices on Monday nights after she goes to bed, and my other band practices while she naps on Saturday or Sunday, and I think all that she can hear over the white noise is probably the bass guitar frequencies and the Mm -hmm. kick drum. So she's hearing basically like, I mean, the kick drum is basically like what she was hearing with my wife's heartbeat in the womb. All you're hearing is like, and just like all this filtered through, you know, skin and muscle and, you know, in the womb, all you're hearing is like, and so that's why they say sound machines are key for getting babies to sleep. You do not want to have it be completely silent. 
we stomp around outside her room while she's we we don't we don't stop talking. We just walk by her room, uh, and we've trained her to sleep in noisy situations, and it's going to be good for us in the long run and our sanity and our sleep. Yeah, of course. Yeah, so this whole sense around thing, it's like this, you know, sensible to the ear and sternum. So like it's shaking your chest, I guess, right? Yeah. Um, made the fakeness realistic when the action went ballistic. It's a great uh, rhyme. Sadistic. These rhymes, realistic, ballistic, sadistic. Very good. Kid, yeah, in a kid song. It's like this is, well, it's less like Dr. Seuss and more like Shel Silverstein who wrote kid stuff and adult stuff. <laughs> yeah. I feel like the people who made Sense Around wish this song had existed 20 years earlier to advertise the concept of Sense Around. Yeah, they would have killed <laughs> for a phrase like... Uh, makes the fakeness realistic when the action goes ballistic. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and then the, the idea of hearing it in the womb, I, I was reading the interpretations page. Um, for There's there's two different interpretations pages. So I'm going to read the one for the soundtrack version because there's only one thing on it. Okay. Yeah. Hit it. Sense around is when pregnate women hold speakers, <laughs> usually playing classical music to thyre stomachs to increase brain growth and babies. <laughs> Okay, I love how you're pronouncing all the misspelled words. Let me see yeah. this. How is Babby oh formed? Nathan. How is Babby formed? <laughs> I th- yeah, I think that's probably my favorite YouTube video of all time is the yeah. Am I Pregnant video where he's reading all of them. Am I Gregnant? Spelling errors. Greg- <laughs> I, well, when my, mom, when my mom was pregnant, she was Gregnant. Yeah, so. I guess so. Right. <laughs> um. And so then, then the, what's the other interpretations? Yeah. Uh, on the <laughs> other one, uh, someone wrote like a, a full essay about it. I saw that too. Yeah. With nice. like a whole bibliography and like credits. Writ- written what? by Richard C. August. I just want to read part of the bottom of it. Um, if I could swim under the water without having to breathe, this is a direct reference to the trauma of birth. However, it is a known fact in all caps <laughs> that the interior of the womb gives internal sounds. Maternal low frequency sounds are mostly felt and not heard. The baby also hears low frequency sounds of digestion, mother's heartbeat, movement yep. of amniotic fluid. Therefore, a mother's womb and yeah. the sounds of the deep bass of a sensor on theater are alike in that they consist mainly of low, deep rumbling, uh, which is like, this is a cool thing to know. But then yeah. later, uh, a paragraph later, he says, frankly, I would like to hear the maternal womb sounds in a Dolby Pro Logic 2 with a good subwoofer. And I think this guy might be like one of those guys who refers to pregnant women as human submarines. And it's just like really into the concept of pregnancy because he just gets way too into it. Well, it's uh, well, it's like, I mean, what I was just saying, like, obviously I will never know what it's like to be pregnant or remember what it's like to be in the womb. But my wife would read everything and, you know, I'm going to work and she's home with the baby, baby naps like every couple hours. So she's just like voraciously reading like data not like mommy blogs with a bunch of bullshit hippie stuff but like doctors people do doing studies like there's like data and stuff like she's not a scientist but like she's smart enough to know not to listen to like oh well my mother's intuition says to do this like it's actually like these female doctors who have also had kids determined this is the best way to get your baby to nap (laughs) you know like that's what she was reading and yeah he's he's exactly right with all that stuff um, yeah, the sounds of digestion. I mean, it's it is crazy. He's, like he's and, right, but he seems too into it. 
Well, I mean, it is interesting. I'm guessing that his his you know wife he has or you know someone wife girlfriend had a baby and he read all of that stuff yeah. that my wife read. I mean, the baby is essentially underwater. Q Homer Pretty saying, cool. "Well, I'm all naked and wet." Uh, <laughs> Homer clutching to the womb as he's being born. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I say, no, yeah. no, 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 no. <laughs> I'm all naked and wet. Uh, yeah, birth is very weird and very wet. Um. I didn't shy away. I watched the whole thing. It was insane. So the lyrics are amazing. Let's just say that. Like, it's it's John Linnell being like, here's two weird things to write about. One, a dead audio medium for movies. And two, sung from the point of view of a baby in the womb. And let's put some SAT I mean, words in there and a funky yeah. guitar riff. And, and crazy rhymes. Yeah, that realistic, ballistic, sadistic. It's just like, oh, I spent all morning listening to the magnetic fields, and that's like something that Stephen Merritt could have come up with. Like nobody oh, except yeah. Linnell or Stephen Merritt could have come up with those rhymes. It's, uh, yeah, like unbelievably, like smart college educated guy or gal rhymes. Um, yeah, it's, it's God, I love both of these bands. Yeah, I don't know. Um, should we listen to some live versions? Yeah, let's, let's, let's do some live versions. So I sent you that the one video we've got live in 1995. The song is only played, well, according to the wiki, you know, people have documented that it's only been played 20 times. So right. that could be plus or minus a couple, but uh, 20 times. Here we got playing Sense Around Mighty Morphin Power Rangers version, the person in the YouTube upload said. Uh, wow, let's how what is this YouTube name? Wout and a piano, W out and a piano. It was released about a week ago. Yeah, track record no! that you would never want to find. So we're gonna play it for you now. about the video quality being bad huh i love that shit i love it because it's like i mean you guys are younger than me but it's like uh i was just trying to watch a skate video of mine that i still have on vhs from 1989 and i put it in and the tracking is like going nuts and eventually my vcr which is well tv vcr combo that every time i have to reset the clock says uh it's from 2008 
it's like, nope, this thing's going to ruin me. Spit it out. So I, I <laughs> but then I found it on YouTube. Um, all of us guys having our early midlife crisis are like, we're going to start skateboarding again and hurt ourselves. So what do you guys think of this live version? I mean, the audio is definitely good enough for me to plunk in. Yeah, I like it. Yeah, I'm going to jump to the bridge. Because they say it's the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers version. It basically it sounds very. I, I've always found that a lot of they might be giant songs like duo when they're when they're duo versions. Or I guess there is a drummer there. It's just hard to tell in the video. Yeah, um, and Danny's back there. But yeah, so it's like very uh, comparable to their studio versions. Yeah, it's a pretty pretty straight performance of it. Actually, ninety five. Sorry, that wouldn't have been Danny. Ninety five would have been Graham, maybe. I think probably is the bass player there. I don't know. The video's so bad you can't tell. Um, it does lend a good effect to it. Yeah, it's very psychedelic. The bass line, did you listen carefully to the bass line in the bridge? Like the Baba ba, under the Baba Ba's, the bass line, whoever it is, if you're listening with sense around, you can feel those bass tones. <laughs> I guess yeah, this is so at good. Celebrate I guess this is at Celebrate Brooklyn, because I saw a Celebrate Brooklyn banner behind them. Yeah, I just caught that too. They they do seem to play that every couple of years. Why did they not play the song at every show? God, so good. Uh, so then uh, Peter Gritch came to save the day. So um, I have, you know, a million Facebook thread messages going where between like me figuring out Patreon episodes with people, like I have a thread going with a bunch of artists. I have a thread going with a bunch of accordionists. Nice. Uh, including Cornmo and Franz Nikolai. Uh, I have a thread going with a bunch of emo fans to talk about the most emo they might be giant songs, which is like all of them. And then I have this one from the flood tour preview episode I put out in January. All these guys that were in NYC and Abby Bash who flew to NYC from England, Mike Buffington, mega fan recreated the chess master for himself. Um, the thread is called flood. No Dolph. Because it's flood, no, and then uh, flood backwards. Right. Uh, so it's got uh, Mike Buffington, John Ulyss, Peter Gritch, and Abby Bash. So you got like all of the like big people. I'm like, hey, uh, I'm doing Sense Around today. Are there any other live versions? And then 20 minutes later, Peter Gritch sends me six live versions. <laughs> I'm like, I knew this was the right group to ask. Yep. Yeah. And John's on the Joko Cruise, uh, which they might be are not playing this year. But I'm like, do you know of any other covers? And no one's like, no. So we got um, Astro B's cover. But let's listen to uh, two short snippets of these ones that Peter sent. Right. Which one? I don't care which, but they're both graded A by Peter probably in 1996. Oh, did you not want to start one. with the first one? The 1995 one? Well, we just the, oh, that was the one we just watched. One. Okay, my bad. Yeah. Sorry. 
Um, yeah, I don't know if that's the audio from that same thing, but either way, it's a 95 version. Yeah. Um, and then we got... So which one of the 1996 ones do you guys want to hear? Um, Sydney, get down here. I'll go for the early one, the the March 31st. Yeah, Barry Moore Theater. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's listen to a pinch of that. Madison, Wisconsin, a lovely, lovely city. Oh, yeah. Told you, man. We got called Bell and Sebastian there. Uh, let's check it out. Organ below the guitar lines. Yeah, it sounds great. Okay, I'm gonna skip to the bridge for brevity for brevity's sake. What is the soundtrack? Version? Yeah, I think that might work better live. Because people can do it along with. Yeah, them. it's it makes yeah. for a good sing-along moment. Ba, 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 ba. I really like how prominent the keys are on this version. Yeah. It really it really goes with like the the new waviness of this version of the song. Definitely. Right, right, right. Well, like like we said there was no credits tab really. I mean, it said John Linnell, okay. Um so just like my theory goes, I I think, you know, they just came up with this quickly for Mighty Morphin Power Rangers and just demoed it as quickly as possible. Um being mostly the Johns, but maybe Linnell was like Hey, I wrote the chord progression. It doesn't need keys. I'll play bass, flans, do your guitar thing, you know, and then we'll get some drums on it. Because uh, the keys, the keyboard presence in the original is very minimal. It's pretty much just the bridge. And then yeah. on the funkier bridge, it's like that's the keyboard. Like the keyboards are pretty much just bridge. Material, I mean, they might yeah. be, there might be some buried under the guitars there, you know, get that real power pop, like. Elvis Costello radio radio kind of thing where you got the keys going just right with the guitar. Well, it's not the it's and, not the usual you know. person who produced that version, right? So he could have just buried True. them in the mix. He doesn't know how they do things. Right? He's like, "Hey guys, you're a rock band. Uh less keyboards. Keyboards are dumb." I don't know. <laughs> so let's listen to the newest one um and possibly the last time they've the most recent time they've played it 16 years ago. Uh, 2004. Yeah, this is almost January 25th. This is almost 10 years yep. after that last performance we listened to. So I'll be interested in seeing if they did transition yeah. to the uh, sexy version bridge. Yeah. Okay. So let's listen. Ooh, this is slower. It is. Well, they were getting older. <laughs> I was on 
Yes, the fans are singing. Yeah, this is definitely somebody in the crowd standing next to the person doing the bootleg. I love it that someone knows the words. Still the soundtrack version bridge. There's that awesome bass part, so that's definitely Danny now. The bass part goes right with the... Oh my god, the person singing in the audience is so out of key. <laughs> it's, I love it though, because, well, it's like whenever people put, oh, the video quality is terrible. I'm like, this is like really what it feels like to be at a They Might Be Giants show. Anyone can sing. No one's going to shush yeah. them. Doesn't matter if they're off key. We're just having a blast. And the thing is, if they played censor around, if they played censor around at a show I was at, I would go fucking bananas. Yeah, yeah. like from now on, I will be that guy. Yeah. Zinnia. What is she doing? Hold on. God damn it. Zinnia. What are you doing? Get down here, you stinker. Oh my god. Don't break my records. (laughs) I'm that weird parent. I have 45s on the wall. She wants to pull them down? She is, yeah, because I still play them and she's... They're just hanging on little tack nails and she's just taking them off. Um... (laughs) Oh God! And now, and then to try and get her busy on something else, I gave her one of my stomp boxes to press the button. Well, there's there's a lot of stuff going on in this room. I can imagine this is like, you know, the ADD child brain is just going everywhere. Oh yeah. Yeah. See, there <laughs> she is playing with the records. Oh God, she's gonna be such a weird kid. Everyone <laughs> at school is gonna be like, "What's wrong with you? Why do you why do you already know who the magnetic fields are? Why are you singing?" Holland 1945 by Neutral Milk Hotel. We don't know what that is. Oh, it's about Anne Frank and her family dying. It's cool. Um, Sorry, your favorite (laughs) album is 69 Love Songs? (laughs) We don't know what 69 means yet in anything other than that's 69 things. Oh, boy. So let's listen to the one cover. You guys ready? So this is Astral B, who I didn't know his real name for months Till John Eulis told me, of course. And uh, then I had him on the Someone Keeps Moving My Chair Aww. episode. The For my most... daughter, no longer only a zygote. That's cute. Yeah, it's very cute. So let's check that out. I'm going to listen just a little bit again, too.
very good arrangement. Oh, he's amazing. I mean, I'm always just like genuinely impressed with people who can play the piano at all, <laughs> let alone people who can like fold three different instrument tracks into functionally one thing that yeah, they're doing I by mean, themselves. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's self-taught. Um, he claims. While I I didn't really learn till college, but like to become a music teacher, you need to pass all these horrific piano tests, like Naturally. transposing things, transposing things on the spot, sight reading, sight reading, and then transposing a sight written your sight reading piece. It's unbelievably hard. Nearly killed me. But I play a lot more guitar on a day to day basis. I play a lot of piano at school, but I cannot play like this. No, like his left hand especially. I could do his right hand stuff, but his left hand. Well, yeah, because his right hand's just doing chords. Whereas well, his he's left doing, hand's actually yeah. playing the bass lines. Bass line like and an note. octave. Right, like and an octave. So, God, my pinky tendons get sore when I do that too long. So good. And, and he's singing while doing it. Like, this is all just yeah. live. And it's And from, he's not even, like, reading. He's he's doing... He's, he doesn't have, like, uh, sheet music in front of him at all. Oh, yeah. No, it's rock band style. I mean, this is... The wiki was around, but, I mean, it might not have had every single chords for every single song. And you know... Whatever else, I don't think Ultimate Guitar existed back then, but those other chord sites probably did not have the chords for Sense Around. So he just figured it out by ear, which is the way I like to do it yeah. anyway. But And he's doing um, the soundtrack version. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's funny. All the sound clips I drop in are going to be like, here's the first 30 seconds, and then it'll like fade and then just come back into the bridge just so I don't have to play the full version every time. Yeah. Um, just to focus on those bridges. Yeah. Very nice, Daryl. You're awesome. Um, he'd probably re-record it for me, but I love that version. I don't care. It sounds good. Sounds of the time. 2008, early YouTubing. I feel like they were just bought by Google around. This I like time. that his. Uh, I like that his description of his of it is another piano arrangement for you to form an opinion over. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is early YouTube, and people were like, "Oh no, people are going to hear this and comment on like, it." Like he doesn't care if you um, enjoy it as long as you form an opinion over it. Yeah, well, I just commented this wits on it, so... That's an opinion. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I love all these things. For So, I don't know who he's replying to, because replies didn't really work the same on YouTube back then. I think it was just comment, comment, comment. Uh, Astral B says, it comes up as second on mine, but he says... All the notes came with my piano when I bought it. <laughs> <laughs> that is Which a very is he good referring comment. To? I really like that. What is it? Nice music score. I re- well, we need one that's 11 years ago. Let's see. You are extremely talented. This is my favorite TMBG song. I'm sure you get this a lot. I'm sure you get this a lot. But do you happen to have sheet music from one TMBG fan to another? Rock on Astral B. Maybe that's what he was replying to. All the Maybe. notes came with my piano when I bought it. Um, yeah. Oh, God. And one person said, the best part is that your voice is not irritating like most YouTube covers are. Outstanding. Yeah. 11 years ago. Oh, man. Um, yeah, well, okay. I, I, actually, I really like it. His singing is not the main focus of the video. And he seems to just be like doing it to enjoy himself. Like He could have easily just made this a plain piano cover with yeah. just, just the piano. Oh, but with no vocals. He clearly yeah. loves the song too much. <laughs> yeah, you know. Oh, God. Yeah, when I was talking to him, uh, well, I just had Hutch Harris of the Thermals on for Mammal, and he does Mammal, of course, Astral B. Um, I mean, Hutch did his own guitar version. He did a cover, of which was awesome that he did a cover for the episode he was on. But uh, we watched Daryl's, and he's like, 
okay, I'm going to go learn this on piano as soon as we hang up. Thank you for showing your fingers the whole time. Which, nice. you know, it's like people will watch someone playing a song on guitar just to see like, okay, what fret are they starting that solo in or whatever. But like for piano too, it's like, okay, all right, I see how he's playing that. Now I can do it. So super awesome. So we've got one more cover and it's by me. Are you ready? Hell yes. Live on air. I've done this every once in a while when there's a lack of covers. And I think I should do it for this one, even though I did not know this song that well until, yeah. I practiced this song halfway through one time. Are you nice. ready? Which is like typical YouTube style. Do you want us to nice. do you want us to do like backing harmonies or should we like what version oh. are you gonna do? Are you gonna do the mighty morphin one or the uh sexy one? Yeah, we'll do the Well let's see. Is it is this hold on, is this uh version on the wiki is is this which version is this? Which version is this? Is it the pop pop pass? Oh my god, Linnell, what is with these chord progressions? Okay. Yeah, the the soundtrack uh, version is not the one that's on the, the wiki for guitar bass tab. Yeah. It's okay. Well I'm just one. I'm just gonna play what's here. Uh, let me tune. Probably should, I guess. Yeah, I was wanting to do this on electric, but uh let having you guys hear it would be harder because my amp is in my isolation room yeah. and it would be coming through the wrong computer i don't know you wouldn't hear it here we go you ready i'm gonna fuck it up but that's part of the fun all right let's see whoops already fucked up when i was only a psychote i still remember the time i'm still out of tune whatever when I was in tune now When there was nothing to know Think about Except the sound of my mind Except the sound of my mind Sense around Down at the bottom Sensible to hear and stern up The world first spoke to me And sense around If my mom had young, uh, Yeah she might have gone to see Jaws Instead of picking a film with sound effects Came right up through the floor I'd be differently formed Sense around down at the bottom Sensible to hear and stern up And the world first spoke to me in sense around Oh boy, I'm gonna mess up the bridge Uh, hold on, what's the rhythm on this? Uh Accidentally in a coal mine. I'm messing this up. It was found. Yeah, okay, yeah. In a coal mine. It was found. When they accidentally dug too far down. Found and found senses. Uh, yeah, I still don't know who conceived it or where they got the idea. There was in the aisle by the exit So covered in wood Shake the room when it should Woo woo Sense around down at the bottom Sensible to hear and sternum And the world first spoke to me And sense around uh, Is there another chorus? Is there a double chorus? 
And since this instrumental part, super weird Linnell stuff. If I could swim under the water without having to breathe, if I could follow the trail to the ocean floor, then the waiting there'd be down there waiting for me. Motherfucker, sense around down at the bottom. Sensing the stuff, then I lost the chords now. And the world first spoke to me and sense around. Just gonna end it like that. That was the best cover I've ever done. <laughs> <laughs> out of town, out of tune, and riddled with swears. Um, you were lo- you were losing the tune a couple of times there too. Oh fuck you! <laughs> <laughs> I told you I only really like I'd heard the song, but I only really really absorbed it two days ago. Yeah, I mean I hope now that now now that you're uh, a sense around Stan. We can just we can we can build our army and get them to start playing the song again. Right. Okay. Us and, uh, us and the and the couple of people who've rated it on the wiki. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There are so dozens. I think of it's us. time for us to. I think it's time for us to rate it. So let's score this thing. Uh, Trevor, how about you first? What are you gonna give this? Uh, it's it's zero to ten. I won't stand for a zero though on this song. I won't allow it, but um, decimals are acceptable. You're you're ranking it against other TMBG songs, not against like Beethoven's Ninth Symphony, the Ode to Joy part. <laughs> if I'm if I'm ranking it against other TMBG songs, I don't know if I feel comfortable going all the way to a ten because I don't right. quite enjoy it as much as the They Might Be Giant songs. I do consider a ten, like you know, like the real big classics like Anna Ng and Birdhouse and your soul and stuff like that. But I'd feel, yeah, I feel exactly. I'd feel pretty safe ranking this one between like an 8.5 and a 9.5. I think it's a real lost classic. I think it yeah. definitely deserves better than simply being issued on the power Ranger soundtrack and as a B side right. to one of their like worst ever singles. If you ask me, well, it's a statement. Uh, it's a testament to how great they are that they can kick out a song like this that they consider a B. Truly, and it's and, and it's a testament to how rewarding right. it is being a They Might Be Giants fan. Even if you think you've heard like all of the like top tier A level material, there's always going to be like right. one song like Sense Around that inevitably slips through the cracks and is still there yeah. for you to discover like years into yeah. your experience being a fan of this exactly, band. Exactly, exactly. Which is super cool. So I'm. Yeah, I'm not allowing you to do a range, though. You need to pick an exact score. 9.5. Nice. Matt. I'm giving it a straight 10. This is in my top five for sure. Whoa. I really yeah. like okay. this one. What are your other top five that are 10s? Um, they'll Need a Crane. Okay. Museum of Idiots. Oh, nice. Anna Ang. And... Um, What is the fucking name of that song? Dr. Kiss Me, Son Warren. of God. Oh, very nice. Uh, yeah, okay. Perfect 10. So my score will not be a 10. I cannot just, I cannot give out 10s like that when willy-nilly. I do. Right. And the fact that I've only been obsessing over the song for two days, I mean, it made me wish that I'd been listening to it regularly for forever. Um, I wonder if it's on Spotify in either variation. Put it on my best of mix. Um Here's what I've given tens. 
Okay. I gave Dr. Worm a 10. I gave Anna Ng a 9.9. I was just like, didn't want to come out of the gate too early. That probably should have been a 10, but I didn't want to have too many 10s out of the gate. Everything right is wrong again. I gave it 9.9. Let's see. 10s. She's an angel. We want yeah. to rock. Birdhouse. Blah, 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 blah. And that's it. Yeah. Yes. So uh, Sense Around is not on Spotify from a cursory search. Yeah, it's not yeah, streaming ne- in neither any is form. Boss of, neither is Boss of Me. Yeah. Again, it's like we are forced to dig for these songs. Right. And that's part of the fun. Is like, well, and then the other thing is like uh, as an Electra B side, it like they never released their compilation of Electra B sides. Um, what, what did they oh, call yeah, the album? Fuck. Super fueled freaksicle was what it was <laughs> oh going to be God. called. <laughs> we gotta get that man. Uh, I do love yeah, how many fan like, versions of it exist though. I can't, I can't believe this yeah, didn't yeah. even end up on like Long Tall Weekend or anything like that though. So weird. Yeah. Right. This this would have fit right in on severe tire damage. Too. Yeah. Yeah, stick it at the front with Dr. Worm. Yeah, exactly. It would. I mean, it's like, well, like, obviously, I mean, that's like their most legit live album. Like, in the modern era where it's easier to just run off the soundboard or whatever, spit out a live album, they're like, here's yeah. a free live album. Mm-hmm. Um, like, people, a lot of people bought that, and, and the proof is that Dr. Worm became, like, one of their top three most popular songs. Absolutely. Um, I'm, yeah, actually gonna, I'm actually going to, I'm going to, I'm going to revise my top five and put Dr. Worm in there instead of Anna Ang. Oh my god! It's just like I think some people. Same thing with Mesopotamians, where people are like, yeah. "Oh, I've heard it so many times. It's not a ten. I'm like, it is a ten. Stop being a stubborn. That's why you've heard it snob. that many times. <laughs> yeah, stop being a snob, man. I mean, Mesopotamians. Yeah, it's like this. It's it's a lot like this song in that it's a super silly topic, um, but there's some buried stuff in there that are not yeah. not so silly in the meanings. But it's just like perfect Linnell melodies. Stop being a snob. Yeah. So um, for Sense Around, what am I giving this thing? Oh, it's hard for the ones that are like new or new to you. Right. I think I got to go. It's so good, but it's not better than See the Constellation. What did I give See the Constellation? Hold on. To the spreadsheet. See the Constellation. Yeah, okay. All right. I think I got to go 7.8. 7.8. Nice. Respectable. Yeah. Respectable. Not quite best yeah, new I music, mean, but... <laughs> right. If we're going pitchfork rankings yeah. on this one. Right, right. Once you get up to 8, like anything 8 to a perfect 10 has got to be like in my top 50 Them My Giant songs ever. And while the wiki ranks it at 24, I would not rank it that high. Um, yeah, It might come in... Yeah, yeah. it might come <laughs> in at like 55. But when they have... 800 songs, I mean, yeah. coming in at 55 is pretty good. Pretty respectable. Right? Anything the, uh, in the top 100. Yeah. So, um, yeah, thanks, guys, for being on. So everyone should go subscribe to Giants Confirmed um, and go, oh, you guys want me to, this is what I've done with crossovers before, when you do finish yours, you know, you'll put it in your feed, but I could also put it in my feed as a bonus episode. Yeah. Oh, yeah, so lovely. People can hear Perfect. it. Perfect. All right. Yeah. And then you guys could do the same with this. I'll let Matt so figure that be... out because I don't know how to do that. Yeah. Crossover week. We, we um, don't have a bonus feed, but I'd be I'd be happy to put it in our regular. Yeah, feed. same. Yeah. Oh, no. Yeah. No, I put it in the regular feed. I like it'll just As say a bonus. bonus. Yeah. Yeah. Bonus. Greg on Giants confirmed. Talk factory showroom. Yeah. Yeah. So just more cross promotion. Um, yeah. 
super super excited for people to hear our factory showroom episode people go subscribe to giants confirmed why don't you guys plug your other podcasts or really plug anything you want go Trevor, you can go first i'm not doing a lot of stuff right now but i got a gorillas podcast hallelujah monkeys i got a taylor swift podcast state of swift i got a my chemical so wait about about gorillas like gorillas in the mist no no the the (laughs) the animated band helmed by uh uh one time blur frontman damon auburn and tank girl cartoonist jimmy hewlett Though I must say my favorite animated band is Metalocalypse, but... Brendan uh, Small does good work. You know, gorillas are pretty good. Yeah, that guy can fucking shred. He's great. Yeah, so what else uh, What else you got going on, Trevor? That stuff. You can follow me on Twitter at uh, Trevor Ickrath uh, with all the vowels taken out, so it's T-R-V-R-K-R-T-H. Reviver. Just like Reviver. Tr- yeah. Yeah, Treviver. Tr- tr- that, that should be the name of your band. It would be a Reviver, but with a T at the front. I'll, I'll, I'll put it in my Trevor. I'll put it in my big list of band names. I'm good at thinking of band names. <laughs> um, yeah, dude, Google Outdoor Valor. We're everything on the first two pages. Hell yeah. Uh, Matt, we got. Uh, I'm Matt. I do a lot of podcasts, and I also run my own podcast network at noisespace.xyz. Um, a lot of podcasts you, you on there. Canadians, some of which. Why do Canadians say Z? I don't know. Blame the British. It's like W X. Y and Z. All the American hosts on my network have to say Z when they say the website name out, or else I yell at them. Yeah. Well, think about this. If you're singing the ABC song, you it can't ruins do it. A, it just doesn't work. It it ruins a rhyme. Yeah. W X Y and Z. Now I know my A B Zs. <laughs> I don't know. So um, um, yeah. What's your what's your your Twitter? My Twitter's Matt GCN. Uh, my various podcasts that actually update include uh henry kissinger is pokemon going to die which is a politics (laughs) podcast Uh, thanks to hillary clinton for saying pokemon go to the polls which is a phrase that i will mine for the rest of my life oh that's amazing and uh there's a an actual pokemon podcast called elite full restore um there's tuning fork which is me and my friend david talking about uh different pitchfork loved and hated albums uh trevor was on episode two of that one talking about the boy with the Arab strap, which was both oh loved God. and hated. Yeah. I think that went from could like I a be, 0. 0.8 could, to an 8.4 or something. Yeah. Could I be on an episode about uh Travis stand by Travis Morrison of dismemberment plan? Oh my God. I would love, I've been trying to find someone who wants to do Travis stand. So I might have to, I, I might have to get that one going. We haven't done a hated album in a while. So I have strong, strong thoughts about how, Horror, I actually tweeted recently. I found the guy's Twitter handle, the guy that wrote that review, right. and called him out like a motherfucker. I'm like, dude, you're an idiot. And not only that, uh, not so much like I don't agree with your opinions, but <clears throat> how much of an asshole do you have to be to give something a zero? It almost like sent him into hiding. Like it totally right. crushed him. Like you are such a dick. The highest rating that anything from Dismemberment Plan that isn't Emergency and I has gotten from Pitchfork is like a four. Yeah, it's like so there was dumb. another Travis Morrison album that got a four something. Their reunion album got like a two point three. Like they have yeah, not been what? kind. They, they're basically like Travis, make Emergency and I again, or I don't care. Yeah, Pitchfork sucks. Um, they're a good place to be. Like, oh, they mentioned a band, or yeah, like best new music, and then I read the blurb and it says it's yeah. a band that has guitars. Then I, I'll probably go check it out. But as far as reviews go, I don't trust any Their of Their reviews except, are a lot except, better now that they're not just trying to be contrarian. Yes. Um, but what I find is that the editorial is like, 
you'll you'll have an album that gets a really 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 positive and glowing review and it won't even get best new music uh because the editorial determined that the score was going to be lower because the scores are all done by the editorial board and then you'll have the opposite a review Uh. that's like very very critical of the album and then it gets like 8.5 best new music where the reviews so weird when there when there's a discongruity there back in the time of travis than where they were would this reviewer have chosen that it was a zero or the I think whole the board? reviewers had more had more pull up yeah because that's like how could like if you got a group of more than three people together there would be at least someone in there that would be like I'd give it at least a three I mean there's no way it would get yeah. a zero by averaging I mean everyone gave it a zero they haven't given a zero in years yeah or how about the black kids album um yeah, three point eight with a with a pug. Yeah, with doing a sad And then face. Jet's second album, where it was the YouTube of the monkey peeing in its own mouth. That was the review. I mean, I, I really don't like Jet, so I think that's. Fun. But that like, I don't think <laughs> it's it's not very. Good I had journalism. a really revelatory experience Should, no, to that song in the back of an Uber a couple of years ago, where it really kind of brightened up for me. Should revisit it. Okay. You know, I think that like. It's like the what your mom says. If you don't have anything nice to say, don't don't say anything at all. Like that's just fucking mean. And those were young kids that have essentially disappeared from the music scene after that. Yeah. Fuck fuck you, Pitchfork. God, it's like yeah. these rising stars. They're like they self-produce this EP that's amazing. The the Wizard uh, Wizard of or the Blizzard of Wizard of Oz. I don't even remember. Wizard of Oz. And then thanks to Pitchfork, they get a record deal. You know, they become internet darlings. They get a record deal. They put out an album. They're probably so amped on it. They're like young 20-somethings, early 20s, and then Pitchfork's like, whoops, sorry. That's crushing to a young artist. unfortunate. That's fucking heartbreaking. Even a band that Pitchfork likes can sometimes, like, just totally lose with uh, just the way that... Uh music doesn't make enough money anymore yeah. like I, I was reading something about how the pains of pure at heart which had oh. like two best new music albums in a row yeah and then two members of the band quit and started working for buzzfeed because they just weren't making enough money yep yep god those yeah those i like every one of their albums but um i think we just recorded you, you're roboting for me again i can't hear anything you're saying hello 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 how about now i guess we're in wrap up now yeah yeah um, I was just saying, I oh, think I lost you completely. Oh boy. Trevor, are you still there? I'm still here. Okay. Let's see you yeah. and me close the show. Yeah. Yeah. I guess uh, <laughs> this is our show now. Great. <laughs> you can't hear Thanks me. Thanks for still? listening to, uh, this might be a podcast. I'll kill you. We should, we should make it our plan to slowly accumulate all of the other, they might be giants podcasts until we just run like all five or six of them or however many there are. I think there's only three. There's yeah? only three that I've seen. Okay. Well, that's two down and one to go. Yeah, we're getting there. <laughs> He's really not coming back. I just heard a bloop. Oh, this is going to be a fun edit job for him, <laughs> I'm sure. Are you messaging him on Twitter now? Yeah. <laughs> I think if something gets through. Well, we're so close. We were so close. If only it hadn't been for that Black Kids diversion. Yep. Oh, he just emailed us. Oh. <laughs> Send the episode and I'll tack on thing of me. All right. Well, that this has been. Uh, this might be a podcast. Uh, I'm Matt. I'm Trevor Ickrath. We own this podcast now, uh, Greg. You could just uh, hand over the keys to the RSS feed. That'd be cool. Um, you are being annexed from both Canada and from LA. Yes, this is the beginning of the Giants' confirmed superiority. 
Yeah, uh, you're being absorbed uh, <laughs> by the Borg. We will be in touch talking about how this transition will be facilitated going forward. And we're really yep. looking forward to having you as part of the extended Giants Confirmed family. Thanks, Greg. Thanks for um, thanks for starting it out. Thanks for hitting the ground running for us. Yeah, really looking forward to taking over the Patreon, having all that stuff available to us. We'll make really great use of it. Yeah, thanks. And thanks to all of you for listening. We'll see you next episode when we come back and host the show. Bye. (laughs) We're just going to talk about sense around again. It's fine. (laughs) Great. Every episode. Yeah. Every episode sense around for the rest of time until Greg puts it in his top five. (laughs) All right, cool. That was good. Okay. I'm going to stop recording. I'm going to stop recording. Thanks so much guys for being on. Uh, Sorry for Wi-Fi issues. I don't know. You ended the episode without me. And I couldn't hear it. But now I'm editing it in. And this is the end of the episode. People, please email me. This might be a pod at Gmail. We're on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Insta- Teddy Grams. Uh, we got a website. This might be a podcast.com. A band camp. This might be a podcast.bandcamp.com. Uh, there's songs up there from the Dale Nita Crane live episode musical portion. Uh, voicemails 224-801-2930 call and leave me voicemails I love it I love it Uh, please rank us give us stars or whatever on Apple Podcasts and wherever else you can do that it helps people find the show it convinces people to listen to the show get me back up from a 4.5 please some douchebag just left a bad review that doesn't make any sense um yeah do it okay bye thanks giants confirmed go listen to them here we go goodbye
One, two, nine, three, zero. Call and leave me voicemails. I love it. I love it. Uh, Please rank us. Give us stars or whatever on Apple Podcasts and wherever else you can do that. It helps people find the show. It convinces people to listen to the show. Get me back up from a 4.5, please. Some douchebag just left a bad review. That doesn't make any sense. Um, Yeah. Do it. Okay. Bye. Thanks, Giants. Confirmed. Go listen to them. Here we go. Goodbye.